0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's splendid tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently to get a taste of what they're truly all about. You can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersAndBakers.com To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
0: Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our
1: old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pints full of the wildest life and possibility. I said one Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree.
0: It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: From the Foundation Studio on Balexi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime the world class outdoors of the state of Mississippi. Because as I say every single week, we are the capital of the outdoors in America here in Mississippi. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Radio Network or on Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV. But you might be watching us on YouTube or Facebook or your favorite podcasts. And for that reason, I always give you the date. It's February the 13th, 2023. I'm kind of sad this morning. <laughs> My son Jordan and his friend John McMahon are headed south to catch some tuna and wahoo. And I'm here. I, I'm just kidding in a way. I'm happy for them to be honest with you. The reports offshore for tuna and wahoo have been absolutely incredible. Of course you, you know this time of year you got to watch the fronts we just had one come through and you know you're looking at 10-foot seas but it laid down this morning so their ride out was probably pretty rough but uh once they get out there it's supposed to lay down to, to one foot um so anyway we'll uh, give you an update on how they did next week and we'll also of course as we always do post some videos at the Super Talk outdoors facebook page hey before we go to our guests i want to i want to make a couple of comments as we know now, you know we don't talk about this too often, but the legislative session is going on. Politics and wildlife go hand in hand. That's kind of the reality. For good or for bad, like it or not, it's just reality. Let's take the case of efforts to sell whitetail deer in Mississippi and rich high fence owner and deer breeder Billy DeVinning. DeVinney is a very political, politically connected man, from the governor to the speaker of the house to the attorney general and beyond. He's a former commissioner of the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries and Parks Commission, and he's one of a handful of high-fence owners who also breed, who seek to become what I call deer kings in Mississippi. As I've said many times on the show, deer belong to the public, moving away from the North American uh, wildlife conservation model. This principle of the deer belong to the public would o- ultimately open, as I believe, a Pandora's box, like it has in other states that have that made the selling of of deer legal. Outdoorsmen in this state must not let that happen. So when the governor appointed Leonard Bents, a former public service commissioner who had a long-term relationship with Billy DeVinny, going back to his days in public on the public service commission. And uh, Gary Rhodes, the Mayor of Flowood, who incidentally is an excellent leader, but he's also a former high fence owner. I wondered about DaVinci's role in these appointments. So in January of two, uh, 2022, that's like more than a year ago, Leonard Bents and Gary Rhodes, uh, this is long after they they uh, joined the commission. Bents made a motion to send a DaVinci letter to the Attorney General about the commission's legal authority to make the sale of whitetail deer in Mississippi legal, it was seconded by Gary Rhodes. The attorney general subsequently issued a, an opinion, essentially giving the commission legal authority to approve the sale of whitetail deer if they voted to do so. Lynn Fitch's opinion reversed a well-worded, lengthy previous opinion by Attorney General Jim Hood, which essentially confirmed whitetail deer belong to the people and cannot be sold. Fast forward, two bills in the legislative session uh, seeking to make the sell of white-tailed deer illegal in this state just died in the House. How is that possible? These bills are, are the kind of bills that would have been supported by the vast majority of outdoorsmen in this state. These bills have taken the authority to make the sell of white-tailed deer uh, the legal authority to do that away from the commission and would have settled this issue once and for all. So how can bill so how can any bill that would be supported by the vast majority of outdoorsmen in this state be killed by the legislative leadership? The answer is politics. They don't want to touch this issue with a 10-foot pole. They don't want bills that could upset wealthy supporters and they don't want the commission debating issues like the of white-tailed deer that could cause a firestorm of involvement from the outdoors community. Some say, and some legislative leaders believe, that these kinds of issue, outdoors issues don't play well in an election year. But that seems kind of counterintuitive to me. You would think the legislature would be all over this issue, given the massive support that would have come from the outdoors community. You, and me, and so many more like us. So making the sale the of white-tailed deer illegal in this state, there's actually good policy. What the heck is wrong with our leaders? How can, how can um, uh, excuse me, I can hear my dear friend Governor Haley Barber saying what what he's always strongly believed, and that is good policy makes good politics. Leg, legislative leadership's approach to this does neither. It's a missed opportunity for us all. So it is. So is it possible that one man... Can have so much clout with leaders in the state that's kind of that's kind of scary isn't it clearly that seems to be the case so my guess is this issue will lie dormant for a while in the meantime i don't expect divinity to stop his efforts behind the scenes to make selling a white-tailed deer legal in the state So we should all stay focused and pay very close attention to all of these relationships. And as a former publisher, I'm naturally curious. And I have many questions I will seek answers to. So I'm going to keep asking questions. That is for sure. So I'm going to stay focused and I hope you will stay focused too. I pray that the legislature puts this issue to bed once and for all next year. So now let's shift gears. I want to welcome my friend Robbie Kroger. He he refers to himself as a native to South Africa, proud American, rooted Mississippian, and a member of the hunting community. His global nonprofit, Blood Origins, has become, as he puts it, the spear tip to hunting issues on a global stage. Welcome to Super Talk Outdoors, Robbie. No, oh,
3: Ricky, thank you so much for the opportunity, man. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't listen to you very often, but is it is it fair to say that i may be the first south african on outdoor you know super talk outdoors with you you know what i have to go back and check closely but maybe you are <laughs> oh, i'll take that i'll take that as the. Uh...
2: <laughs> no for for sure man and your your story is really cool and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about that but right off the bat and we again we're gonna break it all down right sure. off the bat what's your elevator speech when you're telling someone about mm. blood origins mm. how, what you know in
3: like a paragraph or two how do you say it, what it is you do you know ricky it's very very simple Hunting has a PR problem. We have a perception problem for the non-hunting majority that keeps our lifestyle, this privilege that we get to have in America and around the world in play. So all we do at Blood Origins is change perceptions around what hunting does for people, for wildlife, for communities all around the world, and then also changes perceptions of who a hunter is. End of story, we build the content for the non-hunting majority, Yes, hunters can take something away from it. We hope that they do, and we hope that they share that piece of content, that piece of narrative, that that informational segment or seed with their communities that are full of non-hunters. Well, I've watched your, when you say, for example, that
2: you've become sort of the spear tip to hunting issues on a global stage, your experience, in, and we again, we're going to come back and tell that story. But your experience in South Africa, the the, the sort of the road that brought you to Mississippi, um, gave you some passions, and it enabled you really to speak about global issues. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, you love Mississippi. You sort of changed. You know, you you uh, you you picked this as a place to live. And uh, we're happy to have you here. Hey, before we go any further, you mentioned, you heard me mention at the beginning of the show this notion of cell and transport of deer. Yeah. You know, one of the issues is about being able to manage the deer herd for things, not just for CWD,
3: but things like CWD.
2: Right. Uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, and, and these are Robbie's opinions, you know, and, and essentially I do speak for Blood Origins, and this is sort of Blood Origins' position. In that, you know, I'm a scientist, right? I look at data, I look objectively at, at how things operate and use the science in the understanding, as you know, as you started talking about that politics and policy and science have to dovetail, but typically are not dominated by science. Otherwise this whole world would be dominated by professors that know, know nothing about nuance, essentially. Um, so there's plenty data, there's plenty science to show, especially in the CWD world that we live in today, that the transfer of live animals from areas that are deer breeders or high fence facilities to others is a vector for CWD. And as I spoke to the National Deer Alliance and, and several others, CWD is essentially, could be, CWD could be the anchor that could sink hunting in the future. And the reason I say that is that because CWD is in the same disease class family as mad cow disease, there's been no proof, no data, no research, no science to show the any sort of interaction of CWD with the human sort of mad cow disease type family, okay? Uh, but it is an ence- encephalopathy kind of scenario. So you've got to make sure that there's a there's a thing there that we've got to be wary about. Let's do this, and
2: we'll we'll sort of close that thought on the other side of the of the break. But when we get on the other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation with Robbie Kroger from Blood Origins, and what a story this is. I mean, his story, what brought him here, his uh, incredible education, and then uh, you know the the ultimate sort of advent of a nonprofit called Blood Origins. Is uh, is a, is a fascinating thing. I, I suspect that Robbie and I will be coming back together again on a regular basis here on Super Talk Outdoors. Let me uh, let me uh, thank you for for being here, and we'll see you on the other side. Scary, okay.
4: Carter Jewelers is giving away roses and kisses with every jewelry purchase, and when you draw your Hershey's Kiss you'll receive extra discounts up to 30% depending on the color of your kiss. These additional kiss discounts apply to all the jewelry in our stores including jewelry with second and third markdowns, all engagement rings, loose diamonds, and hundreds of pieces of fine jewelry marked down under a hundred and under two hundred dollars. These KISS discounts also come with a half dozen roses from our friends at Greenbrook Flowers during this massive clearance sale, which add up to incredible savings store-wide. We have 18 months interest-free financing, layaway, and no credit check financing. Thank you to our friends who have voted us Best of Jackson for the last three years with the Jackson Free Press. So KISS discounts up to 30% off free roses as Carter Jewelers at the corner of State and High Street, downtown Jackson, in the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg. Spring
1: is near, so it's time to get in gear with the mighty 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. This tough tractor is efficient, economical, and easy to use. And with 0% for 60 months, plus an added $1,000 off, Ag Up Equipment is making it even easier to own. Gear up for spring with big savings at Ag Up Equipment. Visit any of our 16 convenient locations or browse online at agup.com. Offer Enzo 43023. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Hey, guys
0: valentine's is coming quick call green oak your local florist right now call 601-956-5017 i'm serious you don't want to wake up on the 14th and think man i should have ordered those flowers you know i'm right green oak is your premier local florist with hundreds of custom-made arrangements balloons and bears let our designers get you exactly what you need don't wait call now 601-956-5017 or come by green oak florist on old canton road in jackson next to palm bridges park or original location on Highland County Parkway at the township.
5: Hey guys, it's football season again, and the College Corner is back to get you geared up for game day. We have significantly increased our inventory so there is even more to choose from. Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? Come by and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score a touchdown at your next tailgate or homegate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great.
1: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
0: Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors, it's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. We have Robbie Kroger from Blood Origins, and I want to thank—I want to do a shout out to my friend Chris Gurris who introduced Robbie and me. Chris is a absolutely incredible friend he's also a board member for the foundation and um and we love the we we love the outdoors together but he's one of the he's one of the most passionate outdoors people i know uh he's a special dude isn't isn't he robbie yeah
3: he's a good guy i don't know chris very well i've had a couple of interactions with him over the last you know 10 years or so uh seems like a really nice guy
2: he is a, he is a super guy so so we were talking about uh the vectors related to cwd yeah and the sale the and transport of uh, white-tailed deer. Some people, you know, Ted Nugent is, is, likes to say, I don't know if you sparred with him, but he likes to say CWD's always been here and it's always going to be here, and a lot of people buy into that argument. How do you overcome that
3: that argument that is not based in science? I don't know the history of CWD, to be able to speak to it very, very, very well, um, and I've learned through my my scientific career as well as this little stint in blood origins thus far that if there's if there's something you don't know much about, don't say anything about it. So I'm pretty good at like recognizing where I know my informational failures and that is one of them. So I don't know the history of CWD at all. What I do know is that it is a very pervasive, you know, situation that is affecting multiple wildlife resources across the United States that with some, you um, work from the person who's hunting can alleviate it, can minimize it, can reduce its uh, volatility in the resource as well as its impact on humans. And that's what, you know, testing and making sure that you're doing all the things that you need to do in terms of discarding of of bodies and carcasses and all that kind of stuff. I do want to say this though, and before we got on here, we talked about it a little bit in that, you know, the the live sale of of deer certainly has a data component to it from a CWD perspective, but a lot of people sort of will wrap into the fold the idea of high fence hunting um, tied in with it, and those are two separate issues for me. Um, high fence hunting is really an A mechanism by which people hunt here in the United States, it's a very prevalent way of hunting in South Africa, that allows you to manage animals, allows you to manage the resource appropriately to the desire of that individual landowner, whether it's an age class management style or whatever it is. High fence hunting is around... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. A lot of people get into the fair chase argument when it comes to high fence hunting. And I can give you multiple, multiple examples of high fence hunts that were 100 times harder than a low fence hunt. So it's just the idea of escape that folds this whole fair chase thing into into sort of an embroiled argument left, right and center.
2: So. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. In fact, I've heard from a number. There are about 120 plus high fence owners in Mississippi, and I've heard from a a bunch of them who don't like the way that these issues are getting connected. Correct. Uh, they're not for the sale of whitetail deer. They they have a high fence because they want to be able to manage the herd. Um, they're not having arguments about who the deer belong to or anything like that. So it's purely um They want to be able to manage the herd to a, to a greater age. And uh, they enjoy doing that, and they're really not happy <laughs> with the fact that we're we're having this breeder conversation within the within the context of the high fence. And hopefully, we can put all this to bed, and and it doesn't hurt the, the high fence uh, hunters in the in the state before it's all said and done. You know, you know what's interesting? If I I read your story, and I've studied you, I've watched lots of your media, and you are doing an amazing job. You know, I come from the digital media background. And uh, so I'm very attentive to the reality that you've worked really hard to be a social influencer, and you're you're playing on multiple platforms across a bunch of different topics, and you're not afraid to 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 weigh in on controversial stuff. I'm sure sometimes you probably regret it, but you know the thing that stands out the most about you is that when you conf- when you combine your experience in South Africa, you know ha- about this privilege we have in America to hunt. And in Mississippi the work that we've done in Mississippi to buy so much hunting public land so that anyone can have access and we do such a great job through the department of managing so many different uh so many different categories of wildlife for hunting purposes um when you when you look at what's happening in America when you look at what's happening in Mississippi and you combine that to your experience in South Africa it, it enables you to really really have a, a, a foundational appreciation for
3: what we're doing in America, doesn't it? Well, that's the key is that when I think about like why we fight every single day, why we get into these sort of ideological discussions, I don't like to call them arguments because I purposely ask hard questions. Like this morning, we purposely asked the hard question of what is the definition of public land? is it access for all anytime with no cost or is there a little bit of cost it's really making people think and when and i when i think about what i didn't have and that now that my boys have growing up here in mississippi tennessee america it's not a right that Americans have. And if you don't know anything else, you don't have a different perspective on what life could be like. You don't really understand the privilege. And one of the examples I like to use is if either of us decided to walk out of our studios right now and go 20 minutes in a certain direction, we'd come across a piece of public ground that we could walk on that is ours. There's actually a lot of people say it's the Americans, right? It's not, it's actually the globes because anyone could walk on that. Somebody from England arrives in Mississippi tomorrow could walk on that land and they could, you know, not they, but you can use a load, you could get a loaded weapon on that piece of ground and you could take a resource that was available legally in a regulated fashion on that piece of property. that doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. And if you didn't know that, and you didn't come to this idea of, of fighting for hunting's narrative without that perspective, I think it, it wouldn't be as powerful as what we've created at Blood Origins, number one. And then number two, we make it a very clear point that we're not a ultra red conservative, whatever you want to call it, you know, Type entity like most hunting entities are looked at. Nor are we blue, liberal, and democratic. We're in the middle because to us it doesn't matter if you're if you're red, you're white, you're blue, you're purple. If you're a hunter, you're a hunter.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, at Robbie, I say that all the time. That the outdoors is the one real opportunity. The one real opportunity we have a chance to put all that noise and. You know, political noise and other noise aside, and really sort of immerse ourselves together in this incredible resource that we have access to, and I think you know, truthfully, we can take it for granted. You know that, and mm-hmm. and as a result of that, by taking it for granted, we don't we don't tend to hear sort of this anti-hunting movement that sort of percolates and becoming more more powerful and more loud in America, and we should hear it because what we have to say grace over in America is truly special, but the numbers are not working in our favor and we have better be paying attention to it. And really at the end of the day, that's why Blood Origins
3: was founded, wasn't it? Yeah, it was founded to really make sure that we didn't lose this lifestyle that we have, right? And you're right, the numbers, in terms of percentage are going down, in terms of our numbers, our hunter numbers, our hunter numbers stay about even constantly. We're in like the 11 to 13 million number range around there. The percentage is dropping precipitously because the American population is growing. So in which we used to be 11, 12%, we're now 4% because 13 million out of you our 200 million is a certain percentage but 13 million out of 350 or 360 million is a much lower percentage it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know the pandemic created an
2: opportunity for people to want to go in the outdoors want to be out in the clean air and do their thing and if you look at at the number of people who were turkey hunting and deer hunting and duck hunting during the pandemic it went up it went up pretty dramatically it'd be interesting to see if there's a long-term impact from the pandemic of people sort of coming back to the roots of enjoying the outdoors and uh, you know I'm sure, you know we'll have to let some time pass to see if that's the case but if you go go back to your experience in South Africa I mean you really know what it looks like I mean rich men had the opportunity to hunt there but the average person in South Africa in spite of all this vast land did not have that opportunity sort of contrast what you came from in South Africa to what you're experiencing in
3: America well, I would I would say this. I don't want to put one model up against another because they both have great components to them, right? They're just very, very different models. So here in America, you have the North American wildlife model where the, the resource, the public resource as we discussed, belongs to the people, belongs to the state, essentially. And it's a great model. But when you when you when you look at the South African model, the South African model is very much a private land value-centric model for wildlife. So if that wildlife is on your land, it belongs to you. Number one. Number two, it is the thing that has caused wildlife to absolutely boom in South Africa.
2: Let's let's let us let us we will come back to that and, and the responsibility that hunters have in managing the herd. And it, it's undeniable. The data is is absolutely undebatable. When we come back with Robbie, uh, we'll continue our conversations about uh, you know the 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 evolution of blood origins and this mission that he is on. We'll see you after this break.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today's sunny skies, high near 68. Tonight, increasing clouds, low around 46. A 30% chance of rain for your Tuesday, high near 72. And for your Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a 60% chance of rain, high near 76. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871.
1: find new roads got gear motorsports probably serving central mississippi for 22
0: years is your place for motorcycles atvs side-by-sides jet skis and boats with over 600 units to choose from a fully stocked parts department and a service department offering same-day maintenance visit got gear motorsports in ridgeland at 230 highway 51 north call or text
1: and online at gotgear.com Celebrate Black History Month by visiting the two Mississippi museums in downtown
3: Jackson with friends and family. Both museums tell the stories of our rich history, including the role of Mississippians in the Civil Rights Movement. The two Mississippi museums are open year-round, Tuesday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sunday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Admission is free every Sunday. Experience our history and learn more at mdah.ms.gov.
0: Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by Trust Care Kids, the best pediatric primary and urgent care provider for busy families. Trust Care Kids is open early and late. Walk in today or schedule your appointment at TrustCareKids.com. Trust Care, feel better, faster. Madison Sellers proud to be a sponsor of SEC Sports. They're your headquarters for all your wines and
1: spirits. From special party needs to picking up that favorite bottle of wine for dinner, it's all at Madison Sellers Premium Wine and Spirits. Highway 51 at Madison Station Shopping Center. Spring is near, so it's time to get in gear with the mighty 3E John Deere compact tractor from Ag Up Equipment. This tough tractor is efficient, economical, and easy to use. And with 0% for 60 months, plus an added $1,000 off, Ag Up Equipment is making it even easier to own. Gear up for spring with big savings at Ag Up Equipment. Visit any of our 16 convenient locations or browse online at agup.com. Offer Enzo 43023. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details.
4: I'm JT Mitchell and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News lawmakers are continuing to look for ways to return money to the pockets of the state's taxpayers. One idea that has recently lost some steam, according to Representative Scott Bounds, is that of a one-time taxpayer rebate. I have not heard or seen any legislation
3: in the House that deals with a rebate, okay? I don't know the Senate's position on that. I don't... Here again, we've got to February the 22nd to take up the revenue and appropriation bills. To me, just what I'm hearing around the capital, the rebate uh, kind conversation has sort of has sort of died.
4: Another idea lawmakers are considering is speeding up the state's elimination of personal income tax. As it currently stands, Mississippi's income tax is set to phase out over the next 12 to 14 years. It's
2: not a good tax. I mean, it, it's a tax on productivity. It's a tax on on things that we want people to be doing. We want every able-bodied Mississippian to get up in the morning, go to work, provide for you and your family.
1: Hey y'all, I'm Steve Azar inviting you to escape to Pearl River Resort, where the fun is going non-stop. Enjoy gaming excitement and catch the thrill of the big win. After the thrills, test your skills at the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. There's dining delight and love at first sight. And it's always no work and all play at Silver Star and Golden Moon Casinos. So come on, leave it all behind and head to Pearl River Resort. Losing power can be a major disturbance for homeowners. Taylor Power Systems offers a full line of Riggs & Stratton home standby generators in numerous sizes to keep your lights on during a power outage. Financing is now available. Call Taylor Power Systems today, 601-932-5674 to discuss a standby generator for your home.
0: This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Robbie Kroger from Blood Origins with us. And we were talking about... Sort of contrasting, not necessarily trying to say one's better than the other, but they're you're different. We're contrasting America, and his experience in South Africa, and the point that he was about to make, that he was making when we went to break, is the role that hunters played in managing the resource and why that's so darn important. And it, and I saw your post about the about the rhinos, and and uh, what's happening in Africa around the rhinos, and you know
3: this sort of plays into that argument. So so so, why don't you continue? Yeah, so. Both situations, so let's use America, North American wildlife model, and South Africa, a private, a privatized resource model. Both were in sort of, not dire straits, but America in turn of the 19, 1900s, very little wildlife across the board. Every single wildlife species today, elk, antelope, all your duck species, turkeys, all have rebounded because of hunters, because of regulations and because of uh, laws, essentially, that have come into place to make sure that that resource perpetuates. And that's all because of hunters and hunting. In Africa, in South Africa specifically, in the mid-1970s, there was only 500,000 head of wildlife in Africa. In South Africa, I keep saying Africa, in South Africa. And due to drought situations, as well as cattle prices and sheep prices not looking the way that they were doing because of the drought, People started looking at wildlife a little differently. They're like, oh, wow. What if that kudu could actually replace the cost of five cows or ten cows? All of a sudden, the law changed such that that kudu belonged to you, Ricky, and you could do whatever you wanted with that kudu, i.e. you could sell it at a game auction. You could get someone to look at it, take photographs of it, or you could get someone to come hunt it. Today in South Africa, the the numbers, it's a pretty big range, but there's between 21 and 26 million head of wildlife today in South Africa. And that's only because of the value proposition that is added to that piece of wildlife, okay? That is the difference. And so yes, population benefits as a result of hunting, job benefits, GDP benefits, economic benefits, you you go out of South Africa into the more wilderness, rural, very rural places in Africa. and this is this is the same situation happening in the rural places in Argentina, Tajikistan, Pakistan, you name it. But communities are benefiting from the value of this wildlife, for livelihoods, for medical access, for schools, for education. I can keep listing them, Ricky, and then there's the intangibles that we don't ever talk about: joy, hope, relationships—the things that make us human. Because something, this is strong. You know, when you were telling that story, I remember I'm a diver,
2: and if if I'm diving in somewhere like Turks and Caicos and and uh, you know Grand Turks and the the amazing. Uh, reefs that they have around there, and the and the unbelievable amount of species in this ecosystem is incredible to see. But then you go to somewhere like Jamaica and dive a reef in Jamaica, and you see virtually no fish. And and the difference between the two is one is protected and the other is not. Uh, in most cases, where and this is what happened in America, you go back to you said the early 1900s when, when you're when you've got people who are who are uh, killing wildlife to eat and they're get, killing them to sell and there's great stories about that. It is if it's not managed, we will lose it,
3: and that's the story, isn't it? That's absolutely right. It's. I would take it one step further that there's it, it always a value element. To it, And if it's not valued, the phrase that we, that is used in Africa specifically is, if it pays, it stays. If it's valued, it will stay, just like your coral reef example, right? If yeah. there's nobody coming to dive, if there's nobody coming to look, if there's nobody coming to do all those things, what do you think is going to happen to the reef? The locals will probably outfish it or overfish it or take everything out because there's value to that fish in the fish markets. Same thing with wildlife. Is there value to the animal being where it's at, doing what it does? If not, there's no value for that lion, there's no value for that elephant, and people, human-wildlife conflicts specifically with those animals are high. What do you think is going to happen? All these bans that are being proposed ban the import of trophies, ban it, ban it, and it's indirectly banning hunting in these countries. The idea, their foundational proposition behind these bans is we're gonna save wildlife. Hunters aren't gonna go, they're not gonna kill. Yes, you're right, but now that animal has no value. And so instead of one lion being taken out every year for 80,000 US dollars, 20 lions are dying young adults, females, male it doesn't matter. So is that what you wanted? That's yeah. what we're fighting, right? And so if <clears throat> to take this sort of back to a sort of policy level, right? A lot of people interact with us and they're like, ah, I'm never going to go hunt Africa. Why should I even worry about that? Oh, elephant hunting. Oh my gosh, I, I can't believe someone would go hunt an elephant. Well, The same thing happens here. If you're if you're not worried about the low-hanging fruit being chipped off from a hunting lifestyle perspective, and Africa is the low-hanging fruit, elephants are the low-hanging fruit, what do you think's next?
2: Yeah, it's a, yeah the anti-hunting movement is a global movement. You know that well. So Blood Origins had to be a global organization. <clears throat> you know, bringing that back to Mississippi, I think about some have estimated that the outdoors lifestyle in Mississippi contributes as much as 8 billion dollars to the economy. Think about that for a second. Mm, Think crazy. about the amount of enjoyment and the goods and services that go with that, the the fact that we have the Department of Wildlife Fisheries and Parks that manages it. We should protect that. We should protect that with with as much energy as we can muster. Because it hits on so many different cylinders, not just the our personal enjoyment and the, and that that aspect of it, but it's so much more than that. That that's
3: that's when you start talking about the value equation here in Mississippi, that's what it is, isn't it, mm-hmm. Ricky? We talk. I got this series of content that's coming. We haven't released any of it yet, but I think it's sort of a game-changing piece of content called connecting the dots. And what connecting the dots means is. There's a dot which is the action of the hunt, when someone kills an animal. It's inherent to hunting from a blood origins perspective. I don't, I don't focus on that, on that dot, because the hunting industry has done that for 30 years, and that's why we have a PR problem today. All right. So what I want to focus on is all of the dots that are connected to that action that happened downstream the game processor that's in Canton, Mississippi, that is employing eight, nine, ten people, right? Then if you look at that individual that is one in the employment in Canton, Mississippi, does he, he probably stops every morning at a local gas station and has a coffee and has a conversation with the general owner of the gas station. Wow, that's another dot. Oh, did you know that that owner of that gas station, because he's obviously getting revenue from this individual, He's able to attend church and give X, Y, and Z at church, and all of a sudden, you've got these three, four, five, six dots. That the fourth, fifth, sixth dot, they don't even real, they don't even know about the action of the hunt, but they're indirectly connected because of that action. That eight billion dollar industry is so has so many spider webs and, and tentacles. That are so pervasive into society that the idea of removing hunting, it's not, look, it, it, it probably will never happen in Mississippi, right? But you look at the fringes, the New Yorks, the Californias, the Washington States, the Oregon's, that's being removed, right? That's being eroded. Then it's a reality. And it's almost like, well, why are we even in this position, Ricky? It's because we've forgotten about the, the benefits and consequences of the action of hunting. I, I love putting
2: it in that terms because then you can connect the dots back to people who may or may not love hunting or be close to hunting. They can they can begin to appreciate <clears throat> that this is more than sort of a generational love of the outdoors. It 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 is a it is it is an activity that connects us all and. To the extent that you can understand and appreciate that it's going to be better for all of us that we that we've had these conversations and so i I get what blood origins is all about what's interesting about your story is that you know you you grew up in south africa went to school in south africa you came to Ole miss yes sir to get into phd program and and it was uh it was an interesting degree that you got in did you have a passion for all of this, you know, coming into this, or did it sort of begun to? Well, I tell you what. Coming to the end of the segment, we'll come back on the other side. But the question I have is, where did this passion evolve? That it was it just just sum total of all these experiences, and then mm-hmm. then Blood Origins was was mm-hmm. born, and then it eventually became a nonprofit, and now you're this incredible, articulate, and passionate spokesperson. I I, want to tell that story when we come out on the other side. We're we're, we're visiting with uh, the founder of Blood Origins and uh, we'll be back after this.
1: Men's Health of Mississippi is the proud sponsor of Ole Miss Sports. Men's Health of Mississippi, providing medical and health care services to men of all ages, treating almost all health issues that men face. Call or go online for an appointment today.
5: Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now Ed Sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free, and financing is available. Your new go-to for Ed Sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon.
0: All Metro Carpet Cleaning is more than just carpets. We also power wash driveways, walkways, decks, and patios. We can
1: make your house look new
0: again, both inside and out. All Metro Carpet Cleaning, a trusted name in home cleaning services since 2010, and A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau.
1: Call now for a free estimate or
0: schedule your cleaning, 601-398-8727, or find us on Facebook.
1: Bridge Builders.
4: Join Sports Talk Mississippi every Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's Original, Cajun and Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's. I'm Attorney General Lynn Fitch. My office is leading a statewide initiative to provide you with the tools to recognize human trafficking. Go to AttorneyGeneralLenFitch.com to learn more. Together, we can be the solution. What does the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do? We are a voluntary, non-governmental, non-partisan organization seeking solutions to the socio-economic issues impacting Mississippi farm families. Our mission is to elevate agriculture at the local, state, and national levels. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us
1: online at msfb.org.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi we live in one of the best places in america to enjoy the outdoors so let's talk about it it's super talk outdoors with ricky matthews on super talk
2: mississippi welcome back to super talk outdoors i'm visiting with my friend robbie kroger uh, from blood oregon uh, origins excuse me and um gosh man i knew you know from watching your videos and watching your social media presence and the work that you're doing again across many digital platforms I feel your passion and your ability to articulate. There's something about the South African Absolutely. accent that adds Absolutely. to the clarity of it all. It's a beautiful accent, um, but your story is really incredible. What brought you to the states? How How did you get to Ole Miss?
3: Yeah, we don't have enough time to get through that story, but I, um, uh, I just you know it was a random selection, definitely divine intervention, gave me to Ole Miss led me to meeting my wife who has a PhD in 18th century Gothic literature. She's a horror writer. Um, And um, you talked about passion. Like did I have this passion coming into America? As a young boy, as all young men in South Africa, you grow up wanting to be a game ranger. So you very much was, I was very much a part of the outdoors, had an honors bachelor of science, a masters in the outdoors took game drives, Took was a Land Rover jockey for people like Amer- Americans wanting to go see all the big five. And so I've got a conservation restoration bend to me. I also have it in my blood. My, my great-great-grandfather on my grandmother's side was the first forester of the Sachsenwald for the, the first prince in Germany. And so he looked after the forest and he looked after the resource. So that element is inside me. It's inside my DNA, it's inside my blood. And only when I got introduced to hunting by a good old six foot five, 250 pound redneck called Landon Lee in Oxford, Mississippi, that I understood what hunting was. And when I then evolved to have my own boys, 11 and 9 now, two savages, and to understand what they have in front of them that I never had access to, that I never had, just because of the circumstances of me growing up and where I grew up. I was like, "This is something that I need to do. This is something I need to fight for. This is something I need to talk about." And yes, you're right. Would Blood Origins be where it's in, where it's at today without a South African accent? No, I don't think so. <laughs> and you know, our 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? Our demeanor is very respectful. Our demeanor is very gentlemanly. Our demeanor is very like, you can call us every name under the sun. And it's even happened today already. I'm never gonna retort or respond that way back to you because I'm not really trying to change that individual who's interacting with me. It's the thousands of people that are watching me do it. They're like, wow, I never thought a hunter would be like that which is again, the whole point of Blood Origins, changing narratives about who we are as hunters, what hunting is doing for people, for wildlife, for communities here in the Mississippi, America, the globe, you name it. We've got a big challenge in front of us, but uh, we're up for it.
2: What's interesting when I was publisher and this is before social media, people used to ask me, why would I get in the content stream of our newspaper online? because you know I would usually be engaging with someone who's hard-headed and not going to change their position and I used to say and actually at the time I would say it's not the it's not the person I'm debating with it's the seven others that aren't saying anything well this is before social media today when you get into the comment stream it's really literally the thousands of others who are paying attention, and you know that's one thing about Miss. You know, if you had to compare sort of a, a cultural manifestation of your South African, uh, you know, past and and Mississippi is that there's a kindness in Mississippi generally the people here you know they they do want to debate but but I, I'm speaking specifically about Mississippi there's there's a we, we have respect for one another we're extraordinarily resilient we've been mm-hmm. through so many challenges over a lot of years. And uh, people don't mind respectful debate. Now I understand that social media has changed that dramatically because it enables people who are in their their you know pajamas to engage in a conversation they would not necessarily engage with you if you were you know meeting face to face with them. But having those conversations are important, and you do as a result of having them in a respectful way, even if the other person is not being respectful, you have an opportunity to to really show people that you're not going about this in a mean spirited way you're going you're going about this in a way that educates people that shares your passion and passion has a tendency to be to be something that impacts people in a positive way usually and, and you get
3: that don't you absolutely it's you, that's the whole point is if if you're not passionate about something and if you not want to I, I I would add optimism on top of the passion then then what's the point, right?
2: (laughs) I have, uh, you know, you can tell from the way I have this conversation, I'm generally a very positive person. But as a a publisher, I I didn't steer away from fights either. You know, I I have very thick skin and I'm willing to have that debate. And I'm willing to, to, but I'm going to do my homework, buddy. And if you convince me otherwise, I'll change my point of view. 100%. I'll change my point of view. But um, but I'm not going to be mean-spirited about it. You know, gosh, I can't wait to have you back. There's so much to talk about. There's so much... There's so many ways that you and I, through our own experiences, can share and have discussion, maybe about some things we don't necessarily agree about. That can awesome. help and really bring about some awareness in people about why we better be focused on the value proposition around our wildlife. If we don't focus on it, we may lose the privilege. So God bless you, my friend. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Humbled. Thank you. You bet. This has been Robbie Kroger from... Uh, Blood Origins, and believe me, we're going to have him back. As always, end every show, be safe in the outdoors. Don't drop your guard for a minute. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week about tuna and wahoo fishing. We'll see you next week.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi media production.